Are you listening? What is good, beautiful people? Welcome into the other episode of the Rantings of a Fancy Football Fanatic. I am your host, Jesse Moeller, a.k.a. Moeller 5 and we are here to talk about rookies because it is that time of the year, folks. I know a lot of you have rookie drafts going on. I have already been in a few of them, so I wanted to get this out before rookie drafts fully just are done um, because this is one of the more popular times to do rookie drafts. So we're going to go over my top two rounds, the top 24 rookie picks for... Superflex and non-tight end premium league settings. So it's just traditional Superflex rankings. If you're doing one QB, just take the QBs, push them back. Rankings will still stay the same. So what do you say? Shall we get into it? Now, I wanted to talk about the rankings. And here we go. Um, as we hop into round one, it's none other than Mr. B. John Robinson. I mean, what can you say? He is the best prospect in Saquon Barkley. There is not too much to talk about. If you are debating it and taking about Anthony Richardson at the 101, don't do that. Trade back or another idea, just trade into an elite quarterback. Do those options because someone in your league is going to prefer Bijan. If you do not want him, I know everyone's saying, oh yeah, trade him. Well, it isn't always that simple, but realistically, Bijan Robinson's a stud. Now, let's go to the 102, and this is where it gets interesting because a lot of people are super worried about Anthony Richardson. I am not. He's my top quarterback in this class, and let me break down why. He has an elusive sack avoidance rate, and what does that mean? He doesn't take ne- negative plays. Think Justin Fields, but without the negative plays, right? Without all the sacks. What does that do? That puts the offense in good positions consistently while they're making drives. So you're not taking these negative plays, which are drive killers, right? He doesn't have a super high turnover rate. It's like 3%. It's, it's, not, it's not great, but it's not bad. That's fine. We're not too worried about that. He's not a turnover machine. He doesn't take sacks. What does that mean? The offense is consistently going to be going forward and forward and forward. Now, I know you could say, well, he wasn't that good with completions. I get it, but the offense was doo-doo. And go look at the skill players he played with. Tell me about it. He's just, he has the highest floor of any quarterback in this class. Like there's, there, it's not really a debate. Now you could, you could say, hey, he might not be a quarterback for a long time. And that's entirely possible. But the fact he went top four in the NFL drafts mean the Colts are going to give him every possible chance to start. And I know everyone's saying Trey Lance. This is different than Trey Lance. The Colts are not trying to win in year one. They don't have the issue. There is also not a Jimmy G on the roster. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do not worry about it. Now, it gets a little bit spicy as we go on to the 103. This is Jameer Gibbs. Um... We're going over the other two quarterbacks in Superflex, and I know that seems really bold, but the pass-catching profile is elite. And we are in the top 15 draft capital. We're not we're not end of the first round like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or anything like that. By the way, Jameer Gibbs is an immensely better prospect than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, so don't worry about that. He went, like, is him and Bijan are the two guys that have gone the highest since Saquon Barkley. Think about that in the rookie drafts. Like, that is elite draft capital. What are the teams going to use? Consistently going to use them. Jameer Gibbs had a pass catching profile similar to like Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara. And I know people comp him to Alvin Kamara, and I don't really get that because he's a lot smaller and he doesn't have the contact balance, things like that. But the pass catching profile is there. So do not worry about Jameer Gibbs. Draft him at the 103 and have no regrets about it, folks. Now, here's where we go. We're going to break down the quarterbacks. We have Bryce Young at the 104 and CJ Stroud at the 105. And I know what you're saying. What separates the two for you? 
Well, realistically, it was Bryce Young carrying that offense. Um, his ability to create plays out of structure is the difference for me. Now, CJ Stroud, he's a very good passer. No one's disputing that. But his run rate is incredibly low. What do you mean? Like, he did not run for very many yards in his entire college profile. So that Konami aspect isn't really there. And Bryce Young did not run as much either, but he ran more than CJ Stroud. And you see it translate where he's able to break down plays a little bit better than Stroud. Now, if we get the CJ Stroud that we saw in the semifinal championship game against Georgia, then yeah, that's a completely different story. But that was not the traditional CJ Stroud, what we saw throughout his career. Um, I'm going to take Bryce Young, who, in my opinion, was the best quarterback the last two years in college football. So I'm going to put him at the 104 ahead of CJ Stroud. If you have CJ Stroud at the 104, I'm not going to like throw a big fit over it. Like, do you, boo-boo? If you like it, go for it. Like, those guys are really close for me. They're neck and neck. So I'm just kind of splitting hairs. It's just more I think Bryce Young is the better quarterback overall. So that's why I lean him. Now we get into our tier of wide receivers. We have Jackson Smith and Jigba at the 106, Quentin Johnson at the 107, Jordan Aston the 108, and Zay Flowers at the 109. This is basically how my rookie rankings were, except I moved Addison ahead of Flowers because he went to Minnesota. But realistically, Jackson Smith's the best prospect. I know you're saying, but he went to Seattle. Cool. I'm not that worried about it, right? Tyler Lockett's getting older. He's past 30. So he's going to be aging out. And if Jackson Smith is who we thought he was, where he put up that sophomore 1600 yard season at Ohio State, playing with multiple first round players that are in the NFL right now who are very good, I'm not that worried about it. So do not fade Jackson Smith and Jigba just because he went to Seattle. The offense is full of playmakers. So you might be like, oh, I'm worried. But what are you going to do? You're going to take Jordan Addison above him? Like we saw how this last year went for Jordan Addison when he went to a different system in USC where his numbers dropped significantly. He went from like 16 or like 1,500 yards down to 800 yards at USC. So, you know, now it's basically what they call the nuts landing spot because you're stepping right into that wide receiver two chair. And I are saying, oh, they have TJ Hawkinson. Or I'm like, yeah, TJ Hawkinson does not worry me. He was never, he's never been a heavy targeter, even as the yards per round and everything like that. He's just, he was able to step in because the Vikings had a chasm at the wide receiver two spot. Guess what? Incept Jordan Addison. And if you're basing it off of last year's stats, Addison could, on the low end, if he's at a 15% target rate, that's like 100 targets. If he's at the 20% target rate, we're pushing 130 targets. Like to give you an idea of where he would, the high and low end range for Addison, it's a very good spot to be. So if he hits the high 20% projection share, which is entirely possible because he's a good wide receiver. You could be talking about a rookie getting 130 targets. That's valuable. And Kirk Cousins supported multiple high-end fantasy assets. So do not fret, my friends. Addison is good. Why I have Quentin Johnston ahead of him is because he can do things that really no other wide receiver in this can do. He is the big body wide receiver with the yak ability. And him and Zay Flowers are the two kind of the yak wide receivers who I love them very much. But Quentin Johnston, he's going to play with Justin Herbert. Like, what more could you ask for, right? Now, he is a little bit – the situation isn't as nice just because Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but in 24 and beyond, like realistically, this could be the Quentin Johnson show. So that's how my wide receivers have maxed out. And at the 109, just Zay Flowers. He's too good. Like I'm not going to drop him below these running backs, who I'll talk about here in a second. He's just too good of a wide receiver. He's He had the highest dominator rating in the class for a career, and he had the highest dominator rating in the class for a single season. Like Zay Flowers is that dude. Do not sleep on Zay Flowers. I get it. It's Baltimore. But guess what? Todd Munkin is in town. Greg Roman is gone. 
So feel feel comfortable drafting Zay Flowers. He's a first round wide receiver, the 109. That profile, that's a fine profile to bet on. Do not worry about it. When you're getting into like the round three running backs and like beyond that, like the hit rates just are not that good. So that's why the cutoff 109 is a cutoff. So basically, how my tiers are breaking down, we'll break these down. Eugene Robinson is in his own tier. Anthony Richardson is in his own tier, which is not for everybody. And then we have Gibbs, Young, and Shroud on their own tier. And then the four wide receivers on their own tier, right? So we're breaking those down. And then the 110, we have Devon I Chain. Hello, my friend. Oh, talk about the nuts landing spot. Miami, baby. Devon A. Chain is one of the better inside runners in the class. And I know I saw people were saying, yeah, it's like James Cook. No, his profile is so much better than James Cook. It is immensely better. He's actually got volume and he's been a very productive running back. Like he was better than Isaiah Spiller, who everybody thought, like for multiple years when he was touching the ball. He's much better running back. Guess what? He got the ball and he was good. Like sometimes you just have to bet on talent. I get it. He's 188 pounds. That's going to worry some people. If it worries you, fine, go get somebody else. Like you can go get Kendra Miller or Zach Charbonnet or whoever you want, right? But for me, it's just Miami. When you're talking about Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, they don't scare me. <laughs> They're older and injury prone. Like Devon A. Chain, he has a good chance to actually step in and be the guy this year for the Miami Dolphins offense, which it's just speed, speed, and more speed. You have Tyreek Hill, you have Jalen Waddle, and now you have Devon A. Chain. Like, me, me, zoom. That's just, that's offense. And this just works wonders for Tua. So I don't know why you would be that worried about Devon A. Chain. Unless it's just his size. That's really the only thing. Like he's he's very good. Go look at his production profile, how he stacks up. He is good. So at the 110, I'm not worried about it. Next up, the 111, we have Dalton Kincaid. And it is a bit risky to put a tight end in the first round because we have seen how that has gone. But I'm just betting on the talent. Kincaid went to Buffalo. And oh, baby, I know... There just isn't much in Buffalo besides Stephon Diggs, like Gabe Davis. Yeah, it's Gabe Davis, right? Dawson Knox, not a target earner. Guess what? And I know your people thinking like maybe he's blocked. No, because he's a different type of tight end. We've we've heard them talk about this. Buffalo is going to shift how they play offense. And Kincaid is a matchup nightmare. If they're playing 12 personnel, like imagine how this works with Kincaid. Because you if you go nickel coverage against with Kincaid out on the field, they're just going to run it on you. They're going to run it successfully with James Cook, right? Or if you line up your heavy personnel against that, Kincaid is going to absolutely terrorize in the middle of the field because Kincaid's a target earner and he can earn it down the field. So I know it might seem like, oh, Dawson Knox is there for a few years. Yeah, but he's a completely different type of tight end. Like, I get it, but we're betting on talent. This is what you want to do in Dynasty. Smash the 111 Dalton Kincaid. Do not worry about it. Why I have... Um, Devon A. Chain a little bit ahead of him. It's just because betting on the talent, I've always believed in the profile. He was my wide receiver, or sorry, my running back five in the class coming in. He went to Miami. Like, I just, it's a good player in a good situation. That's why he's the 110 ahead of Dalton Kincaid. Rounding out the first round, Kendra Miller, the 112. And if you are on Twitter, which I am quite a bit, you see these different, different takes where people are like, oh, the landing spot sucks. Or it's like, oh, it's a great landing spot. I'm kind of in the middle on that. I don't think it's the best landing spot in the world, but I certainly don't think it's like a terrible landing spot. We saw Jamal Williams. He's not that good of a running back. Like he, I think he's much more of like a tone setter in the locker room than he actually is a talented running back. The guy's fine. Like he's been, he's been a productive NFL running back. 
but he doesn't do anything in particular that jumps out at you, right? If you give him the ball, he can get you three yards, no problem. He can score touchdowns. Why he led the league in rushing touchdowns last year? We saw that, right? So I get it, but we have Alvin Kamara, who's going to get suspended, and it's going to open it up for Miller to get his chance right out the gate. So do not worry about it. Miller will find a way to get on the field, and he's a good enough running back where realistically, I think he's going to beat out Jamal Williams. Some people don't. I think he's going to. So that's why I think he's going to play early and he's going to play often as a rookie. So it'll it'll be a fun pairing. And then when Kamara comes back, you have Miller. Kamara, we've already seen Saints in the past use multiple running backs officially. I'm betting on that again. Don't worry about it, folks. Do not fret. So rounding out my round one, we have Bijan Robinson, Anthony Richardson, Jameer Gibbs, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quinton Johnston, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Devon A. Chain, Dalton Kincaid, and Kendra Miller. Let's go to round two, shall we? Now, Will Levis, 201. I struggled with this immensely. Realistically, he's like a late first round pick. That's like pick 33 he went. He's going to get a chance in Tennessee, and he's going to get it pretty early. Um, It could fall apart this year in Tennessee. We're not sure, but they feel like they're on the edge. Um, So he's going to be on the field, and if you have a quarterback in Superflex that's playing, like they're going to be valuable. He has the arm strength. He's got the one of the best arms in the class. It's just if he can put it together. The tools are there. I know it's a little bit early, but that's where we're betting on. I'm not the biggest Will Levis fan. I have him ranked here. Realistically, I'd probably draft him at the what, like mid-second, but this is like a comfortable place where I'm okay ranking him for people. If you like Levis, then that's a smash place to draft him. The 202. Charbonnet falls a little bit going to me for Seattle. So I like Charbonnet. I liked him as a player. He was RB3, but I wasn't sold on him where I didn't think he was this incredible talent or anything like that. Like I thought A-Chain was just a better running back, but I realistically thought Charbonnet was a better draft capital. He did, but he's splitting with Kenneth Walker and it's going to be just weird for fantasy. Like I don't want to really trust that. Maybe best ball. Yeah, go for it. But having that guy in your lineup is going to be interesting because the Seahawks have DK Metcalf. They have Tyler Lockett. Oh yeah, they got the best wide receiver in the class, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Now they have Ken Walker. And they have Zach Charbonnet. That is a ton of mouse to feed. Now, are they going to run super heavy like the Bears? No, I doubt it because the passing offense is too good. And Shane Waldron is going to want to use 11 personnel a lot where he's going to have three wide receivers on the field all the time. So it'll be interesting to see how it breaks down with him and Ken Walker. It's just he just dropped a little bit. But he's a good enough running back where I'm still willing to bet on it and see how it plays out. We saw his last year at UCLA. He really turned it on and became the running back people hoped he would be when he went to Michigan. So it's more just betting on talent, even with the 202, than worry about situation because it's dynasty. You don't want to drop Charbonnet. It's too far where you're dropping him below pairs that you view as worse, right? So you kind of have to find that spot. And for me, Charbonnet slots in right into that 202 tier. Um, next up, Michael Meyer, the tight end out of Notre Dame, who is the most complete priority tight end in the class. Like he will step in for Vegas and he's going to play. So do not worry about Mayer. He may not have this elite ceiling, and I get it. Like People are going to push up other players, but the guy's going to be a valuable asset. And you need this at the tight end because there are not many good tight ends. So would it surprise anyone if Mayer outscores Kincaid in year one? I would not be shocked because Mayer is very good. He's a targeter. He's been a targeter his whole life. It's just people are worried about the elite athleticism. So stop sleeping on Mayer. He's a dang good tight end. Now, here's where it gets interesting. 204, I have Jonathan Mingo because he got the freaking draft capital. I still don't fully see it with Mingo, but I'm willing to rank him there because I'm 
I'm trusting in the team. Carolina, that's top 40. The wide receiver gets top 40 draft capital. That's something we need to pay attention to. So that's why he is up that high for me. Um, realistically, I'd draft him a little bit later, but that's a fair ranking. I have Jane Reed at the 205. I just think Reed's a better player. And he's walking into Green Bay, and it's just, it's wide open. Like, you have Christian Watson, but then you got like Romeo Dubs, and you got a couple of rookie tight ends coming in the field, but there ain't much. So both Reed and Mingo, why they're paired together is because they both got round two draft capital into team, teams with open wide receiver depth charts where they can walk in. Mingo could be the wide receiver one in Carolina for, you know, Bryce Young. Jaden Reed, he could push Christian Watson. Like, I love Christian Watson. I don't think that's going to happen, but Jaden Reed had the earliest breakout in the class among the wide receivers. He's a good wide receiver. And guess what? He went to Michigan State. Still produced. Like, the guy did it everywhere. So I would not sleep on Jaden Reed. And there were multiple reports of him being the best wide receiver at the Senior Bowl. Um, I know Ming, Mingo was there too, but Reed was supposedly a better wide receiver. So I wanted to keep him there. If you have Reed above Mingo, I ain't going to fight you. Like I, I was real tempted with it, but what swayed me is the early draft capital he got and going into that wide open place. We just don't know how good Jordan Love is. So that is the real question. So he gets dinged a little bit, but at the same time, I'm pushing them both up because those are just fantastic lining spots. Next up, Sam Laporta, tight end. He went early round two to Detroit. And why I'm so high on Gibbs, this is also why I'm so high on Laporta. His profile is sweet. Like, it's just target earner. And it, he was the entire Iowa offense. Similar to how Zay Flowers was the BC offense, Sam Laporta was it for Iowa. Outside of Sam Laporta, you guys just just junk at Iowa, right? And it was it was literally like watching 1950s football sometimes with Iowa's offense where they had a really good defense, just atrocious offense. Outside of Sam Laporta, I was like, man, what is going on here? But he's one of the best target earners in the class. And he... Showed off he's got enough athleticism where it's not going to be a problem for him. So he's going to Detroit, and he can dominate in the middle of the field. Guess what? Jared Goff's going to love that. So don't worry about Laporta. Like, realistically, he could, after year one, like, he could have scored the most points of all these tight ends. So I'm willing to bet on Laporta 206. Um, if you don't like rookie tight ends, you are not going to like this class because I have three in the first two rounds, right? And... I know what we're saying is like, man, it's a risky bet. It is, but I'm just betting on talent. And the NFL's ability to use that talent, Laporta could walk in. He's going to earn targets. Like, I'm not too worried about. Next up, Tajay Spears, 207. He goes to Tennessee. I I like Tajay. And he's just, he's a fun player. Let's just put it at that. He could come in on a lot of people's radar at, going against USC in the, in the bowl game. And boy, did that wake me up. He was if not the best player, he was the second best player on the field behind Caleb Williams. Like it was incredible watching him. What sucks for him is you're not getting long-term production because he's legit doesn't have a ligament in his knee. Like it's just gone. So this was what the NFL knew already about him. Not everyone knew this. So we were pushing him up. I was hoping he would get day two draft capital and he got it. And I was like, let's go. So I just like him going to Tennessee and why he's ahead of Roshan, who's the 208, who I love. It's just round two, first round three. Now, round four running backs, like they can hit, as we saw last year. Damian Pierce was money last year, right? So the difference is Tajay's going to Tennessee and Roshan is going to Chicago. Now, it's just going to be tough for Roshan, but he can be a third down back out the gate. So do not sleep on Roshan, folks. 
I know you're thinking, well, they got Khalil Herbert and they got Dante Foreman. Yeah, those guys are not good pass catchers at all. So Roshan has the ability to play from day one into that third down role, and he's a freaking tackle-breaking machine. Like, that's why he has such a high elusive rating from PFF. So don't worry about Roshan. Like, he's a very good running back. He was a former high school quarterback learning the running back position. So that's why Roshan is still there, even though he went round four. I'm not worried about him. 208. You smash it, you hit it, you accept it, you roll. It's going to be fun watching him in that offense because that's a three-headed monster. So we'll see what happens with Fields. But, like, Fields isn't going to pass his running backs a ton, so I don't really see a ton of upside, but he could be the RB1 on that team. So we'll see. Next up, 209, Hendon Hooker. Um, Yeah, you just got to draft quarterbacks, Superflex. That's what this is. Hooker went to the Lions. He did not do terrible draft capital. Like, obviously, he didn't go round one, which – it was very interesting. Like people were talking about that, but he gets to sit and wait behind Jared Goff. And you know, overall, that's not a bad thing. He's older, so there's risk. That's why he's farther down. If he was younger, I would push him up. But if he gets on the field, and then you'll be able to flip him, no problem. So I'm not worried about it. He's going to the Lions, he's gonna learn, and all you're hoping is for a chance, and then he plays. It's instant profit. So that's why we're taking him 209. It's just the price of quarterback super flex. Like it's too hard to push another hooker down. Now we get Rashi Rice, second round pick going to Kansas City. Who I struggled with this one. I did not like Rice very much at all, to tell you the truth. But it goes round two. You can't fade him too much. Like I get it. But Kansas City needs a wide receiver, and it's just a motley crew outside of Travis Kelsey. So Rice will get a shot to earn his to earn his pay real quick. And if he is who Patrick Mahomes hoops he is, because Patrick Mahomes was wanted Rashi Rice. He liked Rashi Rice. So We'll see about it. Like the guy, he had a monster season. It was a late breakout, but he had a monster season at SMU. So he broke out. He did his thing. We'll see. Uh, he's going to be playing down the field and stretching it for Mahomes. So we'll see how much targets he can actually earn. But he's going to step again and he's going to earn a roll. So I'm not too worried about this round two. That's what you do. Now we have the two other wide receivers that are around out the class. We have Marvin Mims at the 211, Josh Downs at the 212. If Josh Downs would have went earlier, I would have high of him higher, but he's round three. Marvin Mims went round two, and this was Sean Payton's first wide receiver he's selected since he's been in Denver. So Mims is going to have a role. He's stepping in. Like they have Tim Patrick coming off an injury. Like Cortland Sutton had a down year. Jerry Judy was the main guy, but they're still looking for guys. So do not be surprised if Marvin Mims, who had a super early breakout at Oklahoma, earns a role out the gate. It's a second round draft capital. You have to pay attention to it. That that holds weight. Like I get it, but draft capital is one of the biggest factors in production for rookies, right? So as much as I love downs, I was a little bummed. I wanted to push him up, but I was like, listen, it's round two versus round three. And the fact is, Josh Downs is going to be playing with Anthony Richardson. So we don't know how like how much that offense is going to pass and the actual upside for any wide receiver with Anthony Richardson. But you can't fade him too much. Like after that, it's just, you're just really just checking out their profiles. Um, Josh Downs profile is incredible. He is strictly going to be a slot guy next level. So we'll see what happens, but he could step in. No problem. Like they lost Paris Campbell. They have Michael Pittman. They have Alec Pierce, but they don't have much else. And the tight ends are just nothing special. It's going to be Anthony Richardson, Jonathan Taylor, Pittman. And then, you know, who knows it? So, you just want to bet on the talent that Josh Downs has. His profile is incredible. So 
Rounding out round two, let's go back to it. We have Will, Will Levis at the 201, Zach Charbonnet at the 202, Michael Mayer at the 203, Jonathan Mingo at the 204, Jaden Reed at the 205, Sam Laporta at the 206, Tajay Spears at the 207, Roshan Johnson at the 208, Hendon Hooker at the 209, Rashi Rice at the 210, Marvin Mims at the 211, and Josh Downs at the 212. Um, that should be the recap for today. I wanted to thank you all for checking out the Rantings of Fantasy Football Fanatic. I'm your host, Jesse Moeller, a.k.a. Moeller 5 Now, we will be releasing round three and round four later this week, so check that out when you get the chance. But just putting these rankings out to help you with your rookie drafts. Um, you can form your own tiers if you want to, but my round two tiers are going to be Levis, Charbonnet, Mayer. They're on that tier right there. And then Mingo, Reed, Laporta tier. We have Tajay Spears, Roshan Johnson tier. And then I have Hooker. Rice, Mims, Downs, all in another tier. So just to give you an idea of where I'm sitting with these prospects and where they are, but check us out on any of the platforms, and we will see you all later this week for rounds three and round four. So take care. Have you ever felt? Are you listening? Damn. Uh.